0: I've heard the reports from friends and family in the coastal areas of Texas, Florida, and Puerto Rico. Some of the communities recently affected by the hurricanes are far enough from the coast that potential threat of a hurricane is generally minimal. However, immense amounts of rain led to unexpected flooding, creating emergencies and disaster beyond the typical rainy season, creek rising in your backyard type of floods. Imagine yourself as a young couple happily settled in your home in a neighborhood where you have friends and you might occasionally see the creek in your backyard overflow its banks once every other year. Now imagine your family growing and the due date for the birth of that newest family member coinciding with the expected landfall of a major hurricane. That's the story of Landry and Jason Tribble. You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, for their support of Faith and Family on KFUO. Find them in the sponsor section at KFUO.org. Many have faced the the disaster and the, the challenges that come with it when hurricane season approached in Texas, particularly when Hurricane Harvey uh, impacted uh, the coast of the Gulf Coast of Texas. And there is much disaster response occurring right now, and uh, wanted to share a, a very uh, touching story with you today of a family in the Houston area. Joining me by phone today, landry Tribble she was she's a new mom and uh, a member she and her husband are members at Trinity Lutheran Church in Houston, Texas. Landry, welcome to faith and family
1: thank you it's It's good to be here. I appreciate it.
0: looking forward to sharing your story today. Landry, tell me a little bit about the the Tribble family. Uh, tell me about you and your husband, Jason, and uh, you're lifelong Texans, is that right?
1: That's correct. Yes, I grew up in Houston and Katy, split my time between the two, and my husband grew up in Deer Park, which is another suburb of the Houston area, very similar to Katy. And we actually met doing a mission project in town. We were working on a elderly woman's home who needed a wheelchair ramp and some repairs and everything. And, uh, I was actually the only girl there who could use power tools properly. So (laughs) my husband being the the handy guy that he is brought all of his tools and the two of us just really hit it off, um, in that capacity. So we've been here our whole lives been very involved, um, you know, in the community and our churches and everything. And, um, we're just really
0: happy that Houston is our home. How do how do Houston's regard hurricane season prior to Hurricane Harvey? How growing up in Texas uh, in the Houston area, how do Houston's regard hurricane season? Uh, Is it something that is taken pretty seriously? What's it like? How is it? What's it like? How is it a part of Houston life?
1: You know, honestly, um, like you said, being here my whole life, we've really always kind of taken it a little bit lightly, um, and I don't mean to trivialize it because it is obviously a big deal, but we're, we're relatively far from the coast, so when things happen, we usually just end up getting some rain, some high wind, nothing really to the magnitude of what we got with Harvey. So in the past, I know when I was younger, it was an excuse to not have to go to school, or it was almost a fun thing when you got to stay home or maybe you were just without power for a couple of hours. It was never anything, um, big to this extreme. And I think this one in particular took myself by surprise and everybody else because it just changed so quickly and really did more damage, obviously than anyone has ever seen. So, um, definitely, a difference with this time around, but I think for the most part, uh, it's, it's really been sort of a, I guess a 180 from what we're used to. You know, we take precautions, but never to this magnitude.
0: Now let's back up prior to Hurricane mm-hmm. Harvey and mm-hmm. the, in the, the past year, you learned that the Tribble family was growing. Tell me a little bit about uh, the, that news and what that meant for you.
1: Yes, well, we've, uh, my husband and I have been married four years now, so this is our first child and we had a little bit of a difficult journey um, getting here and so it was a really exciting thing to be able to share with our friends and family that we were finally expecting and, you know, like any new parents, we start the whole process of preparing our home and the nursery and, of course, I nested the last few months. Every closet, every drawer, everything was Cleaned out and organized, and in fact, the last weekend before Harvey, uh, I was out power washing the exterior of our home because that just seemed, you know, what a forty-week pregnant woman needed to do. And um, you know, we just we did the the standard thing. We took a, a trip a few months ago to really enjoy our downtime together and. You know, shared everything with our families, had showers, and did all the really exciting things, just building up to her arrival. And we were actually scheduled for an induction the morning that Harvey hit. So we had the the car packed, we were ready to go, um, car seat, hospital bags, everything ready to go to the hospital when when Harvey decided to make its arrival. <sighs>
0: So you're expecting to, to uh, an induction and to deliver your baby the very day that mm-hmm. a hurricane hits the, the Gulf Coast and, and brings immense amounts of rain to Houston. What, what did that, that day look like for you? What, how did that, so that... day begin? <laughs> <laughs>
1: It actually started really relatively slow. Um, Saturday was the day that Harvey was supposed to essentially hit, and we really had no rain. It was very, you know, just drizzly, dreary day, nothing exciting. So we even ventured out thinking, this is our last day as a family of two. Let's go see a movie. Let's go eat dinner. Let's do something. And we went out, and everything in town had already shut down. It was just a ghost town. And we thought that was highly unusual especially considering it wasn't even raining so we went back home finished getting our bags together packed the car and then settled in for the evening and we started to watch at my request episodes of i love lucy i wanted something very calming and and not stressful uh, before going to the hospital so it was about that time which was in the late evening i'd say about nine o'clock that it actually started to really really rain and we live, um, a little history on our home, we live in Friendswood, which is a suburb of Houston, and we actually live on a creek. So we're not strangers to the creek rising and maybe kind of covering our driveway to where we can't get out easily, that sort of thing. So we, just as a precaution, moved my car down the street because it's a a low sedan. And uh, we left my husband's in the driveway with all of our hospital bags and about nine like i said nine o'clock started to rain pretty heavy um about ten o'clock my husband went out and checked just to make sure that the water hadn't come over the driveway or wasn't even getting close and it was nowhere close at all and in our experience in the past it's usually about a day and a half of heavy steady rain for it to cover the driveway uh, in order for us to not be able to get out and we went he came in we watched another episode or two of i love lucy and before going to sleep for the night, he, he went back out to check and he just came in and stood in the doorway to our bedroom and said, we're in trouble. And that was when I really realized that something was, was going on here that wasn't what we had been used to in, in the years that we had been living in this home. And it, it turned out the water rose so quickly. It was already up to um, the tires on his car, which is at an elevation much higher than the rest of our driveway. And that was when we knew, well, his car wasn't getting out and we probably weren't getting out unless it was by a boat or kayak or raft or something like that. So that was um, essentially how quickly it really started to happen. And it's a true flash flood in every sense of the word because um, we've never seen anything quite like that. Uh, Like I said, it usually took at least a day and a half, maybe two days of really heavy rain for for it to ever get like that at our home. And it was within an hour that it happened.
0: So the rain was much higher, or the, <laughs> the, the waters rose much higher than you had anticipated. You had taken some steps um, uh, to, to prepare mm-hmm. for it and thinking that maybe you might not be able to get one of the ve- you know the vehicles out of the driveway. So you had a car down the street right. in a location that, that would work, but this was rising way too fast and not going to work. So where did you go from there?
1: So at that point, my husband went out and immediately just got our things from the car, um, knowing that that wasn't going to work, and started putting them in really large black trash bags. And I called our next-door neighbor, who we're good friends with, and they have a, a really big, nice raft that they use for various things, and they go camping and trips and everything, and um, to further emphasize how unexpected this was they're also equally aware of the creek and the water and all these different things just as we are and they were actually asleep already so they also did not anticipate anything happening um, to that extreme so I woke them up by now it's probably close to 11:30 or midnight and within 10 minutes you know, they had their raft inflated and uh, the husband, also named Jason, um, had come over and my husband, Jason, said, OK, you're going to go go to their house. You know, we'll we'll take care of things here. And it was about that point that I started to have contractions, which was also terrifying um, because I am now 39 weeks and six days pregnant. So just shy of my 40 weeks uh, due date. And I opened the front door and our neighbor just rafts onto our front porch. And our home is located 37 feet above the floodplain. So it's very high up and it has about eight or nine steps going up to it. And in the past, the highest the water has ever come is our first or second step. So within an hour, hour and a half, it's now at our front porch. So it came all the way up the steps, all nine, you know, eight, nine feet, and is already just starting to lap kind of at our front door almost. And I just remember my stomach sinking, and I just, without a word, I just walked forward and I got in the raft. And I think I was probably in shock at that time because I'd never anticipated that, knowing our home was so. Post- so high and had never flooded and had never even come close to flooding it just really wasn't registering in my mind and so um, our sweet neighbor just started pushing me back to their house and he was in that water uh, just in his regular clothes no waders or anything and it was almost shoulder deep at some points as he was walking me over and I just sat there silently just staring at our home and I I remember thinking it looked almost like what I imagined the Titanic to be because it was just pitch black everywhere around us, but our home was just a blaze of lights. You know, inside lights were all on, outside lights, spotlights were on, and um, I was just sort of watching it, and it was just pouring rain, and I was getting soaked, and I was feeling these contractions, and it was just very much like an out-of-body experience just as he quietly pushed me back to their house. And it's just one of those uh, mental images I will never, ever forget.
0: So you, you make it to their house. Mm-hmm. What happens from there?
1: So they have a two-story, which um, worked out really well for all of us, essentially. But he went, the neighbor Jason went back to join my husband, and they spent probably the next 30 to 45 minutes lifting what furniture they could in our home anticipating that water would soon be inside and so they lifted a lot of things in the nursery which of course was a very precious room that we had spent a lot of time and effort designing and making perfect so they they did a lot in there they lifted you know curtains so they wouldn't get wet and all the special little rugs or pieces of furniture around the home And then once they thought that they had done what they could they left and um got our our mariner who was still with us so they got her into the raft and the two of them came back to the neighbor's house and they started lifting everything in their home also even though they're much farther than from the creek than we are um they had a two-story so they thought why not And, and started getting everything upstairs and in the meantime i was laying on a bed and they're upstairs just trying to um, deal with the contractions that i was feeling and and just i was praying non-stop just lord please keep her in please keep her in because i knew there was no way at that moment in time that we were getting to a hospital then it was terrifying because it's my first child she was um, measuring large so that's why we were having the induction and i just knew that that was not the right time for her to make her arrival.
0: How did, so where did it go from there? How did you get to the hospital? The contractions, uh, were they increasing Mm -hmm. at this point?
1: They were pretty steady throughout the night. Um, None of us slept, of course. Uh, My husband helped our neighbors all night get everything up off the first floor of their home. And when morning came, we started hearing some noises outside and it turns out that one of the other neighbors in the neighborhood had a kayak and bless his heart he had a broken foot but he was out kayaking because it was a two-person kayak he was out going from home to home getting people out who didn't have some sort of a, a raft or anything to help themselves with and because the water at that point had just gone so far through the whole neighborhood, which is still mind-boggling to me because the farthest it had ever gone was maybe to, you know, the mailbox or something. And at this point, our entire neighborhood just looks like a lake with little rooftops or, you know, trees sticking out of it. And so this neighbor was going around and and collecting people. And so um, our neighbors and my husband flagged him down and he came. And once again, Everyone was just so gracious to our situation and the fact that I was expecting and still having some mild contractions. So they immediately get me into the kayak and we have a really great picture that I hope our daughter appreciates of me 40 weeks pregnant now at this point and kayaking out of the home um, as we just make our way down the street because there was a point farther down the street where there was a really large home that had been built up that was dry and so they were accepting people with warm blankets and breakfast and everybody was just an angel in the process and they were all so gracious to make others a priority you know no matter if their house had flooded and they have a broken foot they're out driving or kayaking excuse me around picking up others and and realizing sort of the um the brevity of our situation and what was going on, you know, with my health and baby and, and all of that. So after he got me there safely and I was eating a delicious breakfast, uh, he went back and got my husband and even got our hospital bags. He towed them in a raft behind the kayak. So we, we still made it out with all of that. And at that point, um, my husband's brother My brother-in-law, who has a large truck, was actually able to get to us. He lives in a a nearby neighborhood, and he was able to navigate through some relatively high water, but make it safely to us at that home and picked us up there. So we went to stay with them, um, I think it was the next two to three nights, actually, because we were still unable to get to any hospitals or emergency rooms. And as the days went on, we started to find out that the hospitals weren't accepting any new patients because they were all on sort of an emergency or lockdown mode. Um, they had very limited staff. They had limited doctors, limited rooms, resources, towels, blankets, sheets, food, everything at the hospitals was also scarce and they were not taking anyone unless it was, uh, you know, a dire emergency and um i was starting to get recommendations for home birth which terrified me um and and that was really all that anyone could tell me you know i spoke with 911 we spoke with the coast guard we spoke with everybody over the next few days and it was kind of a constant um really just get get somewhere if you can if not here's the information for how to have a baby at home And those were definitely the scariest few days of my life and the most surreal because being our first baby, I'm very admittedly type A and organized. It was not the way we had ever anticipated, planned or thought of any of this going. And if it weren't for our faith, we would not have made it through those few days because we just really felt a tremendous peace and calm even though we should have been absolutely flipping out knowing that our home was flooding and our baby was coming and we couldn't get to a hospital and it just we still felt very calm we knew that the lord was going to provide and that there was a reason for what was happening and we just had to keep praying and i i prayed the same prayer i did that very first night i just lord please keep her in please keep her in and that was just all i wanted until i could get to a hospital
0: So, uh, how were the contractions at this point?
1: Uh, At this point, they were a little bit more sporadic, so um, I would say maybe six to ten hours of the day I was having contractions and then they would uh, subside for a little bit and come back. So, I was on the phone often with my uh, doctor and of course various hospitals and uh, 911 and um, They all said that it could have been stress induced, which obviously would not surprise me. Um, So they were not thinking that I was necessarily in active labor at that point. Um, And then yet another miracle happened. We were put in touch with a rescue crew that was going around neighborhood to neighborhood. They had a, a boat and it was a doctor with Texas Children's in Houston and was one of the people going around with this crew. And they were checking on people who needed assistance and through a friend's brother's friend, you know, connection sort of thing. They got my name and number and they were able to make it to my brother and sister-in-law's house. And they actually came in and checked me to see if I was in active labor or not. And that was the most reassuring thing we could have ever experienced because they said I was not. And that the contractions were just early labor and probably also uh, increasing because of stress. And that, that put us a little bit more at ease and alleviated some of that fear. And thankfully, the very next day is when we got word that the hospital was accepting again. The hospital I was supposed to deliver at, Texas Women's, was accepting patients again. And uh, if we could make it in, they would see me and, and have the induction. And at this point I'm three days, I believe, past my due date. Um, so we were, we were able to get in. One of my husband's best friends, one of his groomsmen, came in and picked us up and in his truck and drove us into town and we were actually able to get to the hospital. So it was um, almost, almost a full week, I believe, from when it started. It started Saturday and we went into the hospital on Thursday. So it was um, quite a few days of, of fear and contractions and, and unknown because we also weren't at home to know what was happening there and and how things were going um, with the water and, and just our property and everything that we own. But we really and truly did not ever panic. We just prayed and leaned on each other and, and leaned on God and everyone just commented on how shocked they were that we were so calm and and we said really it's it's nothing of our doing because that would not normally be either one of us you know it would it would be a much scarier thing but we just felt a, a tremendous peace about it and somehow got through it and then we got a beautiful little ray of sunshine at the end so it it, it all came together
0: so deliver you made it to the hospital everything mm-hmm. uh, seemed to work out okay from there um, they had the, the staff and the resources, and uh, and that all worked out?
1: Yes, they did. And they were a little bit short-staffed. You know, they had um, the the workers who were there, the doctors and the nurses, they'd all been there for five days, okay. and they had been trapped there, essentially. So they were all exhausted, and they had a new shift coming in that day of people who could get to the hospital. Of course, there were many who couldn't. So they were a little bit short-staffed. I believe um, I got the very last blanket in the hospital, um, but you know they they made do, and it really was a great experience. And you know everyone says hospital food is so terrible, but I think those are some of the best meals I've had my entire life after that week. And it just it it puts everything into perspective when you know what could have been. Um, did I mind having, you know, a one blanket versus three? Absolutely not. And, you know, the hospital food, it tasted gourmet to me. So, um, you know, it wasn't the ideal situation. Um, the hospital was still on a, a relatively limited uh, working mode, but it still made for a great experience for us because we weren't having her at home. <laughs>
0: And now you have uh, this uh, this joy, your, your little baby yeah. girl, um, mm-hmm. delivered safely, and everybody's healthy, and uh, thanks be to God, uh, all that went well. Where did you go yeah. after that, <laughs> after delivery and uh, all these tears of joy, I'm sure? Then comes yeah. perhaps the harsh reality uh, that your home, I'm sure, was impacted by the flood.
1: Right. So we found out um, from our, our very sweet neighbors who, who rescued us out of the house. They went and boated around our house um, in the following days, and they, they were able to get inside and uh, let us know that it did take on water. And so we were able to pass that message on to our families, of course. And while we were in the hospital um, having our daughter, a incredibly just— generous and it makes me emotional to even think about it uh, a group of people uh, consisting of both of our families um all of my husband's groomsmen their wives their you know friends who brought a brother who brought a a co or whoever just this massive crew of people from church and from everywhere um came into our home and started doing the demo work for us so that we could avoid any of the mold or any of the things that would impact, um, our daughter and air quality and and all of those things. And so knowing that we wouldn't be able to get in there and do that for quite a while, they went and I I, I don't know, I think it was a crew of like 30 people volunteering and they started ripping out the floors and cutting out the uh, drywall and airing out things and lifting more furniture and just taking care of everything. And they, They did every last bit of work for us while we were gone. Granted, that meant we couldn't go home, but we didn't have to go home to worrying about doing all of that work, especially with a new baby. So when we um, left, we ended up going to my in-laws house, my husband's parents. They live uh, a little bit closer to us than my parents do, and so that we knew would work well for both my husband's work and accessibility to the home if we needed to meet um, insurance and everything out there. So we went there and both of our families were there to greet us when we got home from the hospital. And um, they had gone over to the house and and picked up some things for the baby that had not gotten wet. So we had more diapers and some more clothes and all of the things that we would need in, in her first few weeks of life to take care of her. And they had met us, at the house or at my in-laws house with all of those supplies and unloaded the car and just had dinner ready and and just showered us with all the love and support we needed because it was emotional it was it was a hard day not going home with her and you know you envision everything to happen one way and take a picture on the front porch and you get home and show her the nursery that you know you worked so hard on and, and none of that was there and none of that was feasible and and that was a little bit difficult for me, and and I shed a few tears finally for the first time since any of it had happened. But just the love and the support and everything that everyone had been doing for us was so very overwhelming. It was just a really beautiful thing, and that to us just really took away all the all the sadness and the negativity that we were feeling toward the situation because we were just so overwhelmed by. Um, just the generosity of, of everybody.
0: How do you plan to share these stories with your baby girl as she grows and, and learns about uh, her unique uh, delivery?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, you know, we, we've been joking that anytime she gets asked to share a random fact about herself when she's older, she'll definitely have a good one to share. Um, she'll never have a shortage of of that, but I I actually enjoy writing very much, and it's a good outlet for me. And so when we were at my brother and sister-in-law's prior to checking into the hospital, um, I actually sat down one afternoon and started typing everything up because there were so many moments that I just never wanted to forget and so many details. And um, in fact, one that I did forget to mention was That night when we first evacuated and were in our neighbor's home, I was laying in um, one of their spare bedrooms, just like I said, praying away the contractions and trying to just keep her in. And I was staring at this window. They had a, a dormer window on the second floor and it had 12 panes of glass and it was just, you know, three across and four down. And I stared at it all night i five hours I stared at that window just praying the same prayer over and over. and it was about after the second or third hour that I realized the middle panes straight down and then the second row at the top looked like a cross. They were a different a different color or something like they had been tinted differently. Something about those panes were different than the others to where it just made a cross. and I remember it blinking and staring and squinching and Seeing if my eyes were playing tricks on me, and I I knew they weren't. It was a cross, and that's what I stared at all night long. And the next morning, I never thought to actually or remember to check and see if it really was discolored or tinted to make it look that way or if it was just one of those God moments in the middle of the night when I needed it the most. And things were so hectic as the kayak came and got us out that I just never thought to check and one day I I will go over there and and ask our neighbors to look at that, but um, those are the moments that I I didn't want to forget, and that I wanted her to know, and that would hopefully even reaffirm her faith as she gets older, and when she hears and sees those kinds of things and knows um, that that's the kind of comfort the Lord provided to her parents when they needed it the most, and I wrote I think it was about two and a half hours of typing, and I I feel like I'm a fairly fast typer, so um, I I have a pretty detailed uh, synopsis of, of all of that. I haven't yet written out her birth story, but I do have everything leading up to it, and I hope that she appreciates that and definitely takes the time to read it one day.
0: Well, I certainly appreciate you sharing your story with us, and uh, it, it's just an amazing story. And uh, very thankful that all went well, and that uh, you are able to, uh, well, to uh, to share now time with your your precious baby, for whom you've been waiting that, that delivery. <laughs> yes. uh, where do you, do you go from here? Are you back in your home now, or are you still waiting for things to be finished up there?
1: No, unfortunately, we are at a standstill. Um, all of the work, you know, the demo work has been done. The house is aired out. It has dehumidifiers. Everything is is good as far as the air quality in there. But we are actually waiting on insurance. So, thankfully, because of where we live, we do have good flood insurance. Um, but we have to wait for the uh, adjuster to give us the scope of work. So we've received some estimates from different contractors, but until they also see that full scope of work our hands are unfortunately tied so in the meantime we've just been focusing on our girl and um taking care of the car end of things because we did lose my my husband's car of course so trying to get a a good family car with the rest of the city also losing all of their cars has been a bit tricky but um you know i have mine thankfully that we had moved and then my parents very graciously lent um, my husband one of their cars. So he's been driving that one to work. So uh, we're just kind of taking it one day at a time. Um, everyone just still loves on us and brings food and, and helps with laundry and does all these things. And it's just been a real, a real blessing. But we are definitely anxious to get back home. It just won't be for probably a little while longer.
0: Well, thanks be to God for the generosity of those around you and the, yes. those who, who have shared so generously. Well, many stories I, t- many stories to share, I'm sure, with your neighbors as well. I'm sure they're all eager to, uh, to have you back in the neighborhood and uh, yes. th- to be able to uh, see your whole family there. Uh, Landry, thank you so much for sharing your story today. God's blessings. Uh, God bless you and uh, your growing family, and uh, thanks so much for sharing that with us.
1: Of course. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.